something very famous around campus that people say. Yeah. They say what happens in Tandaba stays in Tandaba. Guys and girls share rooms. Is this true? So I, I, it, it was like my council has been able to stop about four potential strikes that students. I am single. Your farm. I am single. Single and ready to mingle. Not yet, but I'm single. Um, do you have any marriage plans? Oh, somebody. <laughs> <laughs> And I was about three, four years old. My dad said he was not going to take me to school because I'm a female. And at the end of the day, I'm going to get married. I and mean, it's going to be a waste of time of me going to school. Yeah, they used the microphone at the arch the evening. They were alaikum, cookies, fatu, jangala, tell me called manko, malayam. So when they pick me off from the program, they would take me back home. My other brother would hold me here. My other brother, my mom would use bako. You know, what do you, what do you cook? What do you, what do you cook porridge with? My mom will, my mom would beat me on my, on my Hello guys and welcome to another podcast. Waka Jeng here. I am here with... FJ, can you please introduce yourself briefly? I am uh, a final year student at the University of the Gambia, reading journalism and digital media. By the way, the first female president of the University of the Gambia, student senior. Yo, yo, yo. And I'm also the president of the National Union of Gambian Students. And I don't want to say that word. You want to say the word? What word is that? <laughs> I want to talk about your work at here. Now, Fajeng is joining us at the mall. We are at Asutek right now, at the Madiba Mall. And Fajeng is now here with us, which is pretty exciting. Yeah. Organization, Hamga, Jeng Jeng. So tell us about your work here. I am the new program coordinator of Tough Africa Foundation. I basically coordinate all the activities and the initiatives at um, that is under the Tough Africa Foundation. Tough Africa Global has given 1% of its annual revenue to the Tough Africa Foundation as part of its social corporate responsibility. Right now, I'm coordinating the Tough Leadership Academy, the next Tough Conference. We have the the Tough Training Institute, and we have some other initiatives, like about seven initiatives, but we have under the Tough Africa Foundation, which as program coordinator, I'm supposed to coordinate to make sure that everything leads to fruition and everything becomes a success. My man. My man. <laughs> okay, so we'll probably come back to the tough thing, but let's talk about SU for a minute. Awesome. What are some of your best moments in the SU as president? I'll be very happy to talk about the students union. Leadership is not something easy, especially if you're a female trying to lead or manage about 6,000 people that are both mature and I'll say... About 6,000 students. So my best moment while serving the students of the University of the Gambia, I'll say the Students Week 2019. I mean, I feel this was the most memorable moment I've had in the University of the Gambia because we were able to bring together about 400 students from all departments for a one-week program. And we had a series of innovative activities which really, really made the students love the university. As well, like, the university is a very boring place. You just come to school, you go to class, and then go back home. But with the Students Week, I was able to interact with a lot of students a lot of people and i was able to hear the brilliant ideas that they have in transforming the gambia and we had many different sessions in which students were able to express themselves their grievances and things that they're really not happy about so i personally felt that it was a moment where i could i mean i could hear i could hear voices of about 400 students in the university of the Gambia, and then i was able to see the other side of people that i've always been working with i was able to see their fun part their enjoyable part so i mean because all work and no play make jacks a doll boy i have a question for you there's something very famous around campus that people say yeah. they say what happens in tandaba stays in tandaba so i, I it, it was like it's it's basically just a slogan nothing attached nothing bad okay. nothing immoral I mean, what happens in Tendaba, states in Tendaba, is like just a slogan that was brought last year in 2018 because we had like I mean, different activities and then um, we felt that we should really try to make sure that this stops there because some people, we are not there. Some people intentionally 
denied themselves from going to Tandaba. But so you're the president, that, and you so want we, to show people. So we use that slogan. <laughs> so we use that slogan to spice up things, to you know, to intrigue them, to 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 make them come to this year's 2019. But if you're doing good but, initiatives, mm-hmm. you would want to spread it on. Exactly, but you know, there are certain things you don't really like. I like. I mean, there are certain things that you know they're just special things you don't share with anyone. You don't really disclose to anyone. So I, like I said, like I mean, yeah, fam. Yeah, fam. I mean, there are certain things. Okay. I mean, yeah. So, okay, I wanna, I wanna, somebody just typed something on my computer and I want to ask a question about that. They say that guys and girls share the rooms. Is this true? No, fam. No, that's not really true. I mean, we had, mm-hmm. yeah, we had about 64 rooms. Like 64 rooms we had aside. You could see that we had guys that were at a separate different end and we had girls that were at a separate end. So this is to show you that we were not encouraging anything like boys and girls sharing the same. I don't know where this person had this, but this is really unfounded, baseless, and it's not accurate. Oh my God. Uh, enough of, what is it called? Tenderbar Talk? Oh, actually, that's a nice name. You should have a podcast called Tenderbar Talk, right? Of course. Nope, nope, nope. Let's talk about your worst moments at SU. You know, working with students is tedious. What was like your worst moment at SU? I wouldn't really, like, I wouldn't really identify a particular moment as my worst because like I've, I'm, I'm someone that has really been exposed to a lot of things and I see everything that happens or anything unfortunate that happens as as, as something that is encouraging me but I'll say I, I had like few lapses few ups and downs like because if you work with people you definitely have misunderstandings like with them the moment where you felt like um, this is probably the worst day of my life or this is the worst student I've ever dealt with has anything like that happened I wouldn't really remember I wouldn't I might have said it at that spot when the thing happened, but I can't really remember saying anything like this. There were a few few instances in which I felt I mean Give us one example. Um trying to stop a strike that a potential strike that students wanted to embark on. I, I don't mean the graduation strike, not the convocation strike. My council has been able to stop about four potential strikes that students Students are well. Yeah, exactly. They are and wild. The other thing is when yeah, I was put under pressure by um some people that were really working with me and I had to and I had I don't want to go into detail on some of my work because you know there are certain things that you know are just like confidential classified information. You have a boyfriend. Oh no. I am single. Yo fam, I am single. Single and ready to mingle? Not yet, but I am single. Um do you have any marriage plans? Oh somebody. <laughs> So basically, I'm single. I was in a relationship, but I broke up, and uh, with that person. And you will not go back into that relationship. No. Or fam. anyone ever again. Well, I'm taking my time. Excellent. That's good. So you know, we just have to make sure that you know. Next one, be you and a guru. We understand. <laughs> Do you have a BFF? Um, you know, I'm a very open person. Like I connect with people within a second. I mean, I have very close friends. People I consider as you know brothers and sisters. I wouldn't identify a particular person as a BFF that I'll call like a best friend. But I have very very close people so that I'll call. Who's your closest family. friend? So she's like um, so she's like um two and a half year older than me. We're in the same class. So that means you. Yeah. Yeah. She says she's two years older than you. Two and a half years older than me. Okay, I got your age now. You don't want to tell me before. Yeah. I want to ask you a question that relates to something you actually said before. Like, how do you easily click with everyone? Not just me, but even Hassan Jala, for example. It's not that we are not social, particularly for man. It takes me a while before I am actually loose with somebody and can have that rapport with them. So, how do you do it? Um, okay, so this has been something that people have been asking me constantly. But I don't really know what makes me, like, click with people easily but I feel I have that sort of like a, a magnetic attraction like I easily get along with people even if you have a very bad character that no one wants to hang out with you just see the positive side of whatever 
that is in you and try to see how best I can cope with that. I just, I just, I don't know. It's just something that yeah. I've been blessed with. Oh yeah. <laughs> Very funny. Was there anything particularly interesting about your childhood? Yeah, fam. By the way, I'm the first female child of my mom. My mom said when she, when, when, like, when she had two, two, two guys, like she prayed to God to give her a female. And when she had me, I was very stubborn and she prayed that she wouldn't basically have a female child because I was a very stubborn person. But like, yeah, jokes aside, um, my mom used to live with some immigrants that came from Sierra Leone due to the war. So the lady, the old woman, was, it's a Christian and she was a very nice neighbor to my mom. It was the same compound, the same number. Because my mom didn't have a female child, she gave her female, one of her female child, because they had a lot of female, she gave one of her female child to my mom. She took, my mom basically took care of her. I mean, she, the lady, the child was a Christian, but my mom used to take her to to Dara. She went to Dara. She, she prayed and like just behaved in a normal Muslim style. So when I also, when I was born as well and then I was about three, four years old, my dad said he was not going to take me to school because I'm a female and at the end of the day I'm going to get married and it's going to be a waste of time of me going to school. Really? Yeah. Yeah. My mom insisted. But the Christian lady was like, my dad like i'll have to go to school she was like okay she will take she will she will take me to nursery school that is better and i'll start from the there. school was called better better nursery school in Banjo. so when i started going to better i basically stayed with her i used to go to church and i used to yeah when i was a child church was basically fun because i'll just go and they'll give me biscuit and chocolate so that was a fun part of it and i won several bible quiz competitions like i was the best bible student in my private school and isn't then, that ironic now you're a hijabi yeah it's very ironic when i was young i love i love partying i mean i I love you know do that life. And I'll tell you when I was very young, uh, around my primary and junior school, people used to call me fat. Other interesting part was I really loved the party thing. Even though my mom was really really restrictive, she wouldn't allow me to go out and anything of that sort. She would want me to stay at home, go to Dara and come back home. But I'll sneak out and go to parties with my neighbors. And then my uh, my my mom would send my brother to come pick me up with a bicycle, and they would use the mic. And they were hello, alaikum, cookies fatu jeng. Oh yeah, so yeah, they would shout, they would use the mic and shout my name, and people would be like, "Hey, yeah, your your mom, your mom came here with your brother to ask for you." So my brother, Wait, would, so you seen they used microphones? Yeah, they used the microphone at the actually even. They were salam alaikum, cookies fatu jeng. Let them call manko malayam. So when they pick me off from the program, they would take me back home. My other brother would hold me here. My other brother, my mom would use baku. You know baku. What do you, what do you cook? What, what do you cook porridge with? My mom will, my mom would beat me on my on my. Until I was able to sit again. So, but I, I was the type of person that really didn't like, like I, I, I didn't like pinning. If you pinning me, like I'll, I, I'll feel uncomfortable. I'll prefer you beat me and I'll go and run my thing. You know what they call a savage? Yeah. That's what you am. Really, fam. I mean, I was very stubborn. And then there were some events I would just sneak and go, and my mom would look for me at the compound gate. When I come, fam. Bakuta. My mom baku me. My mom bakut me. Shit. Alright, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. That is the first part of this audio. Keep tabs on SoundCloud so you know when I release part two in the next few days. And that is it for now. Bye.